The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. Corporate sponsors may from time to time be the subject of buy and or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. However, as host of Turning Hard Times into Good Times, Jay Taylor retains the right to provide objective opinions on behalf of subscribers and to his listeners audience regardless of sponsorship. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Yeah, I am your host, uh, Jay Taylor. Uh, welcome to uh, Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm also the editor of Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. Uh, you can learn more about my newsletter at miningstocks.com as well as webeatthestreet.com where you can also learn more about uh, another partner of mine, Roger Wiegand, who will be with us in, in just a moment. I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, and I also want to thank my corporate sponsors. Uh, that's uh, They are Coral Gold, Hawthorne Gold, Palangio Exploration, Metanor Resources, and Sand Gold. And we should mention that all of these uh, companies, with the exception of Coral Gold, are in fact buy recommendations in my newsletter. Coral Gold is certainly one of consideration, but right now I am not aggressively recommending new buys uh, for gold stocks in general. And it has nothing to do with coral. It's just I don't want to load up on the golds now because I believe we're going to have a period of weakness in the equity inequities in general, and gold mining shares, we think, will also probably suffer some uh, declines in value over the next several months. That is not to say that we aren't bullish on gold. To the contrary, we think that this period of time will make gold shares uh, perhaps the most valuable sector to invest in. So what we're doing is reducing our um, our holdings of gold shares right now, keeping an eye on some very, very good companies, those I just named and, and many more that are in my newsletter. Um, but we are seeing some weakness in the equity markets. So today is up a bit after last weekend, uh, last Friday and Monday. Monday was a very strong down day for the equity markets, and uh, we think there's a little bit more upside to go before we have uh, what Dr. Robert McHugh calls the cataclysmic sea wave down, uh, which uh, we think could be worse than, uh, possibly considerably worse than than the market was uh, last fall. Uh, we think we could see new lows and that the March lows are likely to be taken out on the downside. Uh, and so that's the reason we're a little bit um, 
we're not aggressively adding to our gold positions, our gold share positions, even though we are very bullish longer term on gold on the gold shares. And we noticed that our model portfolio is up uh, about 37 or 38 percent so far this year. It had been up almost 50 percent. So I think our advice over the last number of weeks to start taking cash, to building cash and selling and taking some profits in our gold shares and in some of our inflationary uh, hedges as well, such as the uranium stocks, the oil and gas stocks, has been has been good advice. Um, so uh, we are really looking at some major situations here. We think that the policies that the U.S. government is putting in place are not going to get us out of trouble. In fact, we believe they're digging us deeper into debt. The Austrian concept of malinvestment uh, is really what's at play here. It's something that the Keynesians and the mainstream doesn't pay any attention to, but when government pumps huge amounts of money and central banks pump huge amounts of money into the economy faster than the economy can absorb it, you have all kinds of bad decisions being made. We only need to look back at the dot-coms and the telecoms to see malinvestment taking place. And, of course, the granddaddy of all malinvestments has been the housing boom and the problems that have been created as a result of that. So uh, capital is allocated poorly. In the meantime, though, the debt from which that money was created remains. And so we look at debt as growing exponentially in the United States, something well over $50 trillion now. Meantime, income is growing. It's not growing at all right now. We're in a recession. But when it is growing, it's growing at 2 or 3%. So clearly, we have an insolvent nation, a country that is, that is really bankrupt. And the notion that you can print more money to, get, to buy your way out of it is just foolishness in our view. Uh, so far, the money that's been printed is really taking care of the those that own the, uh, the Federal Reserve, the shareholders of the Federal Reserve, and we're talking about the major money center banks, um, the Goldman Sachs, the J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Morgan Stanley, and those, those kinds of folks that are really uh, running off with the biggest bonuses ever, even as common folks are having a hard time uh, making ends meet. Last weekend I was down at a conference with Peter Grandich. It was a benefit conference for the 9-11 first responders, and it's heartbreaking to see that many of these men who gave of their lives and are suffering ill effects from health now can't get anything from our government to help them out, even though they gave such a, hor- such a horrific sa- sacrifice. Now, I'm not proposing that, that the government do that necessarily as an Austrian, as a free market proponent, but it seems strange to me that we've got trillions of dollars to bail out Goldman Sachs, but not one cent for some of the most brave and heroic people in our country. Uh, so uh, check out with Peter Granich in ways that you can help these people if you have a heart to do so. Um, this weekend, um, we're just talking here now. We've got uh, Roger Wiegand with us. Uh, Roger, um, are you there? I'm here. Roger, your sense of the, of the markets right now, um, what are you thinking? Uh, I, I know that you just put on a very interesting trade uh, today, I think. SKF, could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, we ordered the trade uh, at, at the close yesterday to open this morning. And what SKF is, it's a, uh, it's a uh, ETF uh, to short the financials. And they call it the ProShares Ultra Short Financials. And what it does, for every dollar you would earn on the upside on this investment, on this trade, it would correspond to 200% of the opposite on the Dow Jones U.S. Financials Index. So the reason that we did this, Jay, is because uh, the banks are having more problems once again. Um, We were on this trade before very successfully, along with a couple others that were quite similar to it. And 
we see the next wave of changes coming in with problems for the banks. So if, in fact, you agree with that recommendation and you buy this particular ETF, uh, we think it has quite a bit of upside. At least uh, we, we made the recommendation at around $30, and we're looking to go to 50 with a potential to about 98 uh, this is a very big trading, fast trading um, share fund, not a fund, I'm saying a stock. The market cap is $829 million and the net assets are $939 million, and the average daily volume is quite large. It's almost 30 million shares a day. So this thing moves very quickly. If, in fact, um, the listeners would like to look at this and get in on the trade, we recommend that they do so with a fairly tight stop because of the rapid movement. Yeah, it's got a lot of risk on the downside, too. What price did you recommend it at, Roger? Well, we recommended it at a price of $30.47 on the open this morning. Uh, we told people to put a stop at twenty nine twenty five, and it's about twenty nine sixty nine or twenty nine seventy right now. So we're, we're ahead of the stop. We're in the trade on the recommendation, and we think it can hold. If we get stopped out, we would probably go back in again. But we, we kind of like tight stops, particularly when you're trading a fast a fast operation like this particular one is. Okay, Roger, so you think there's there's trouble coming down the pike here with respect to uh, commercial real estate and uh, insurance companies and the like. Is that that's what's underlying your your bet here? Yeah, we've we've uh, it's it's not Jay, but it's the condition of the banks. Uh, the Colonial Bank, another major southern bank, went down here last week. Uh, the regional banks are next up on the table because they are primary lenders for real estate. Uh, the kind of real estate that they were loaning on is typically uh, strip malls, uh, shopping centers, office buildings, and hotels. Now, beyond that, they're also deeply into the housing business, which you know uh, how bad that's been. Now, a lot of folks are thinking that the housing uh, downturn is over. We totally disagree. We think that uh, the housing prices have got to be marked all the way back to where they were on an overshoot basis, all the way back to 1980 prices, which is hard to believe, but that's that's what we think. So how much further do we have to go yet, Roger, let's say, on the Schiller Index? On the, on the national index? average, uh, to answer that question, we think that nationally, of course, it regionally it goes up and down, and in some places aren't so bad, but overall the average for the U.S., we think it has to go down another 30%. Okay, Roger, we got a caller uh, here. His name is Joe. He's from Illinois. Uh, could you put Joe on? Let's see what he has to what he has to ask us. Okay. Yeah. Hello? Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you today? I'm well, thanks. First of all, I want to tell you I really enjoy the show. I started listening to you a couple months ago, and I follow you every week, and it's really great. And I read okay. your articles and Roger's articles on Kitco, and I'm seriously considering, you know, to both of you. Well, that's question, fantastic. I'm glad you like the show, Joe. What's on your mind today? Okay, question maybe for you both and Roger is that I know Roger follows the Elliott Wave, and I've been reading a couple people about an Elliott Wave, one guy named Rosen and certainly Prechter, and they're talking about gold going down, where Roger and you really are talking about gold you know, going up as, mm-hmm. as many people. So how do we you know, uh, kind of reconcile that? Okay, um, let me take a stab at that first, and Roger, who's more of a technical analyst, might care to comment just briefly then as well. Well, there's another Elliott Wave analyst uh, named Robert McHugh, who we talk about frequently, and Robert is very bullish on gold. He would be with Prechter on the equity market, thinks we're going down hard and big, really big, in fact, 
Um, and my belief is that uh, Robert Prechter sees gold simply as another commodity. He does not understand it as money, and so that's that's really the explanation that I have. And uh, I don't agree with him. I mean, I think uh, our next guest, our special guest today, Bob Hoy, will have some uh, shed some light on that too. In fact, I think it's possible that Prechter could be right in the sense that gold could go down in nominal terms, but yet actually rise in real terms. It could buy more, even though it goes down in nominal terms. Uh, if uh, if we have a real hard deflation, which uh, which he is also Prechter is also uh, suggesting we're going to have. Roger, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, Elliott Wave has worked very well for us. Uh, Doctor McHugh, Bob McHugh, as you mentioned, Jay. Uh, has some software that's very elegant and very sophisticated. Uh, he and I frequently come up with similar answers because we're doing the math on Elliott Wave the same way. The only difference is when I work on it, I, I, I do it with rougher numbers and I do it with hand calculators and also some other uh, proprietary things that I use that we won't talk about right now. But uh, so often Dr. McHugh and myself have been either on the same date or within three to four days on a market pivot point or a price. So it leads me to believe that we're correct. Now, in addition to that, from January to May of 2008, strictly using Elliott Wave and strictly using Wave 3 trades uh, for gold and silver and, and for grain, we had 18 winning trades in a row. So obviously there must be something to it if it's going to perform that well. Now, some of the trading ideas and machinations in the market have changed somewhat, and we're waiting now to get back in when, when gold and silver can settle down into the next rally. And we intend to use Elliott Wave to trade it once again. Okay, excellent, Roger. I thank you very much for that. And uh, thank you, Joe, for your question. We're going to be uh, going on to our next segment. We're going to take a commercial break now. Uh, coming up next is Bob Hoy. And, Bob, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about gold and the real price of gold not just the nominal price of gold, which everybody seems to watch. They forget what does an ounce of gold buy, which to me is the most important question of all. You know, people are, are always asking, where is the price of gold going? And I say, that's the wrong question. What will an ounce of gold buy? And I think Bob Hoy has a lot, uh, a lot of insight in that and many, many more issues uh, that we'll be discussing with him over the next few minutes. So we'll be right back after the commercial break uh, with Bob Hoy. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value 
value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Barry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm here with our special guest this week, Bob Hoy. Bob was with us a few weeks back, uh, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time reading his bio. Bob has a lot of things to tell us, and, and we don't want to take any more of that time away from than we have to. Uh, just tell you that Bob's educational background is in geophysics, but he spent most of his adult life working uh, in the financial sector, uh, providing very, very valuable and very successful advice to institutional uh, traders, people on bank trading desks, CEOs of, of major companies and wealthy investors. And his publications, Pivotal Events, is, is a must-read for me every week, along with Bondworks, which comes out on Mondays. The Pivotal Events is generally on Thursdays. And he has a lot of special charts he sends out to his uh, to his subscribers, uh, and very timely advice in terms of when to get in and out of various markets. Um, so, if you'd like to know more about Bob, in the meantime, we'd suggest you go to his website at institutionaladvisors.com. Institutionaladvisors.com. Bob, welcome back to time, turning hard times into good times. Good to be with you, Jay. 
Um, before we get started, I'd like to ask you just a little bit about, uh, you're going to be speaking again at the CMRE dinner in New York on October 15th. It's a little ways that's, away, but... That's correct. Um, but uh, it, this is a very interesting semi-annual event that I go to in the spring and the fall every year. I may be in Singapore this year, so I'm going to have to miss it regretfully. But uh, I, uh, you have, uh, the title of your talk is The Odd Couple, Control of the Economy and the Climate. Could you just give our listeners just a little sense of what that might be about? Oh, yeah. I think the central planners have blown themselves all to pieces here trying to run the economy. And um, at the same time, of all things, the audacity to take on and going to run the climate. And uh, it, it's, it's amazing. As I say, audacity is the word. But I think both experiments in running the economy and running the climate will soon be seen as the greatest intellectual failure since the Vatican insisted that the solar system rotated around the Earth. Mm. Um, science came along, and now you have Mother Nature giving us what we consider as the early stages of a post-bubble contraction. And also, well, Mother Nature is doing things with the sun where it's diminishing its output quite rapidly and starting to cool things off, except for the big promotion on global warming yet. So they think they can do something to stop the um, uh, the, the temperature coming from the sun? Are these oh, people yeah, playing they're, God? They're Are they really playing God? There's too many people on the earth. And uh, if you can get back down to about 2 billion people, then things will be better. And my question to them is, how do you get the population down there? And the response is, you've got to control people. So it's, it's a scary scenario they're doing. And it's the same thing they're trying to do with manipulating interest rates or manipulating money supply or depreciating currency, is that they are trying to control people, and it's absolutely absurd. Well, so no wonder we don't have any free market economics anymore since government has to be involved in every aspect of our lives, including even the uh, climate control. Oh, yeah. They're madmen. <laughs> well, I, I would like to just tell our listeners that if they'd like to know more, and I'm, you know, I have nothing to gain from this other than the fact that I enjoy going to them and I think it's good value, you can call Elizabeth Courier, that's uh, in Virginia, I believe it is, or yeah. North Carolina, uh, at 704-598-598. 3717, 704-598-3717, and that's October 15th. But call Elizabeth and she'll send you some information. Bob is just one of several very, very interesting speakers that are going to be there this evening or that evening on the 15th of October, and you'll have a nice dinner and meet a lot of very interesting people and hear some great speeches. So, Bob, let's get on a little bit to some of the topics that we want to talk about today. The United States, where are we in history right now? Are we are we somewhere close to where the British Empire was at the at the end of its um, of its heyday? Oh, I think that's a very big picture view that you can't quite make a conclusion on it. Uh, I think what you can say, though, is that the experiment in uh, managing the economy is at the end of its heyday. And I think the public can uh, get quite aroused about the experiment that's been practiced on their lives and insist on sound money, which is the one tool that the interventionists have had. But what I'd like to do is talk about let's make some money in the market and let's avoid losing some. Well, I think that's a great idea, Bob, and that's really what this show is about. We we try to, though, our premise is that we have to understand what the what the nature of the problem is or what the cause of the problem is so we can so we can properly diagnose it so that we can then take the kind of investments we need to uh, to beat the market. You know, most people. What just... we want to do now is put this in in uh, context and. 
the uh, every big financial mania uh, has concluded in a similar manner, and the boom that blew out began to blow out in 2007 was uh, similar to 1929, 1873 bubble, and all of them back to 1720. All together, there's been six, and they. The transition from boom to contraction has been remarkably methodical. For example, on our work in early 2007, we noted that typically the yield curve uh, is inverted and the boom runs against inversion for 12 to 16 months. That counted out to 16 months was June of 07 when the credit uh, disaster would start. And indeed, that's when it started. So then we also spent the summer of 2007 looking for the stock market to eventually follow down on the change in the interest rates. And, of course, we all know that the high was in October 2007. Mm -hmm. So, and then we went into a classic fall crash in uh, in last fall. And we are now, uh, we believe, on a classic rebound whereby... You could have pretty good rebound out until until around May or June. We had a good correction after that. And then the critical count seems to be that each of the great crashes ended in a November, and you then rallied out to around May for a five-month rebound. This time, the crash continued into early March, and the rebound counts out to August. We also did a little special work on the presidential cycle in the stock market, and it noted that you could have a pretty good high in early August of this year, and then a hit to the market, then dithering around. So what we're looking for now in the stock market, what has been this hit, and two weeks ago this appeared, the early warning signs were uh, one of the big bank stocks in England fell 10% in one day, and then you had a tremendous hit to some of the big bank stocks in Toronto. So now this is, I think, uh, a big signpost of caution on all the stories about green shoots and prosperity and all is well. The interventionist economists have been boasting that their remedies work. Paul Krugman has been very ambitious in that department. So what we're looking for now in the stock market is a bit of churning around after this important break. Uh, it'll pull some of the commodities down, and then into September, you have this seasonal tendency. If something's going to be bad, it will be bad in the fall. So that's what we're looking for generally there. So do you think we've seen the highs, Bob, um, for this run-up, this uh, correction of the of the first leg down last fall? Oh, yeah. Then, of course, it ties to the U.S. dollar. And you, uh, you, this is sort of a subtlety here, but... Every time they want to speculate, say, in base metals or grains or crude oil, then the dollar will go down. So mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the weakening dollar prompts that. It's the two go together. Mm -hmm. So our work on the U.S. dollar was looking for a low in here. We noticed that the uh, sentiment figures were down to only 3% bulls. And at the previous low in June, it was at 6% bulls, but this was at a lower high. So you had a divergence there. And then the dollar index has turned up. Um, we think that this is sig signaling another phase of liquidity problems because the whole of the world, whether you are a speculator, an investor, or a central bank or in business, the whole world has got used to depreciating dollar. 
And uh, we like to point out that the worst thing that could happen would be the dollar strengthening. Bob, do you see this? So, so we're in this, you looked at 300 years, and you talked about six expansion contraction credit cycles, and we're in the sixth one now, right? Yep. So you see this thing, you, you see a lot more contraction yet to come. Oh, yes. The, um, the, the credit expansion, and we should actually go back to the traditional definition of inflation, which until Keynes came along and corrupted everything, was defined as an inordinate expansion of credit. From that, you can get deflation, which would then be an inordinate contraction of credit. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense. And this Mm -hmm. is what uh, you experienced here. You had the expansion of credit up to 07. And the rest of it since has been a, a contraction of one form or another. You've had the authorities in Washington make a heroic effort to reinflate credit, but our view all the way along has been is that the the unsupportable credit is greater than what the Fed can create on its own. So in this case, we think uh, the credit markets will continue to contract, and it seems timely that this would begin uh, in September. All right, so this is a global event. Is that right, Bob? This oh, for sure. Each of these great bubbles have been global events. And, you know, the, the uh, intervention aside, the establishment, as I said recently, has concluded that Bernanke was brilliant. He prevented the Great Depression number two. I don't even know that that there have been five previous Great Depressions. As a matter of fact, the contraction from 1873 to 1895 began to be called the Great Depression by leading economists in 1884. And these same leading, a different set of leading economists were analyzing the Great Depression of 1873 to 1895 until as late as 1939. So the street is very naive when it comes to real financial history. All right, Bob, we're going to have to take a break here for our commercial, but when we come back on the other side of the break, I'd like to ask you if you think China can pull us out of this funk. Uh, We'll be right back with uh, Bob Hoy and more questions, and we're definitely going to talk about gold and the real price of gold as soon as we return. We'll be right back. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value 
value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Berry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. I'm here with Bob Hoy, our special guest today. He's uh, heads up Institutional Investors, an excellent service. So you should uh, check it out uh, if you get a chance. And, uh, Bob, your website again is what? Institutionaladvisors.com or actually... If you just um, Google my name, B-O-B-H-O-Y-E, it all comes up. So. Wonderful. You, you should do that, folks, because uh, Bob has a lot of great information. We're going to try to pump a little bit more out of him here before we let him go over the next 12 or 13 minutes. Bob, on the break, we I just wanted to ask you about China. Can China pull us out of this? You know, uh, a lot of my friends up in Vancouver, up there in your fair town, newsletter writers and, and people involved with the base metal mining companies like to think that there's going to be a bright future for the products they're selling because of China, and they believe that any sort of problems we have here won't be very long-lasting because China will provide the demand uh, to pull everybody out of this uh, funk. What do you think? Yep, that's a popular view, and what we do is, and I'm glad before the break I mentioned that uh, the 1873 to 1895 depression, and that was when Canada and the United States was the exceptional growth regions, 
and people were uh, immigrating into our, these countries hugely. And also within each country, there was a massive uh, movement from herb, from the farms to the cities because things were more prosperous in the cities. So this is very much similar to what's been going on in China and India. And during that period in the 1880s, for example, the booms and busts in New York were dependent on the availability of credit locally or the availability of credit in the world's financial capital, which was then London. And sure, you, uh, it, it was still a depression, and it didn't end until it was over, as I say, with the final business low in 1895. So we think that this is a similar story that uh, applies to China now, and we see that their stock market has had the big ups and downs over the last decade and got hit here recently along with other stock markets. So we don't think that they will be isolated or that the problems outside of China will be contained. Okay, excellent. Uh, quick question here on the financials. Uh, my friend Roger Wiegand, who was with us in the first segment, uh, suggested shorting the financials. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. Um, the best index on that one is the BKX. It soared up to 44 in May-June and then sold back to 33, and now it got up recently to 46. And uh, we're waiting for our bank trading guide to kick in with another sell, but for the long term, we think that banks and financials are wonderful short for widows and orphans. For widows and orphans, a short yeah, for widows, widows and orphans. orphans. I mean, that's short. amazing. I mean, I know widows and orphans were supposed to short anything, but uh, you're that <laughs> well, sure about so it. Safe. <laughs> and then the other sector uh, that the one sector that does very well in in a post bubble contraction is the gold sector. Okay, and, I'm glad you uh, brought that up because we don't have all that much time. Let's get yeah. into that now. We yeah, had a caller gold, that called in a little while ago asking gold. about gold. What are your uh, so, Bob? I know you you have been really a have really helped me understand this. That when we're in these contraction phases, the real price of gold rises dramatically. Could you explain that? How do yeah, you define the, the real price of gold? Is that on every bubble. The real price of gold goes down because all the tangible and financial assets are marked up and gold loses its purchasing power. Gold mining doesn't do so well. And then once you're into the contraction, everything underperforms the price of gold. But, of course, uh, the final analysis, gold is money. So the price of uh, money uh, and purchasing power for gold goes up and profitability comes back into the mining industry this comes and goes on a business cycle, but it can usually it's run about 20 years after the height of a bubble. So we're now in a long-term phase of prosperity for gold mining and not so much prosperity for the orthodox world. So then you got the other problem is that when you're in the early stages of the post-bubble bear market, gold stocks, senior golds, will go up and down with the senior stock indexes in New York. So, And now we're looking for... Uh, a declining stock market in the fall. It'll probably take down the senior gold stocks as well as most other gold stocks. So our view on this was to lighten up on the golds and to short silver stocks because the next phase of the contraction, silver will plunge rapidly relative to gold and the silver stocks will probably sell off more than gold stocks. So it's a nice hedge to short the silver stocks. And that's because right. silver is more of an industrial metal than gold? 
Yeah, but you know, on the way up, we figured the gold. That uh, to recent, we figured silver would outperform gold, and some of the big silver stocks uh, got you got twice the return out of them than you did from the Huey, for example. So, uh, but now it's time to go the other way, and but what this is culminating in is the the next decline could end late in the year, and but during this period, the real price will be gold going up. So that then. That turned in 07, so you're then soon heading for three years of general improvement in the real price, which re- reflects an improvement in operating margins. Right. It also reflects an improvement in ORC reserve calculations, that sort of stuff. So there's a huge base of prosperity in the gold mining side that isn't fully discounted by the stocks yet. Well, we but certainly saw this have last more fall, did we not, Bob? At least when... not a crashing stock market. Yep. So I think the uh, late in the year we'd be uh, on weakness. We'd be aggressive buyers of gold stocks looking for a pretty good party year in 2010. We saw this last fall, did we not, Bob, with the with the gold? The gold yeah. mining profits started to Oh, improve. yeah. This was really baffled the, established, you know, the gold bugs because yeah. they figured with the disaster gold would go up. Yeah. We figured that with a disaster, the dollar would go up and gold would go down. Now, happened. gold didn't go up necessarily in nominal terms, but in real terms, in terms of copper, in terms of oil, in terms of uh, silver, it went up. Oh, yeah. Our, uh, we, we keep an index daily, gold divided by our own commodity index, and its cyclical low was at 143 in May of 2007, and then it turned up in the same month as the credit markets started their turn down. And then in the crash in February, got up to 519, which is wow. a huge increase. Wow. Then going out on this this rebound here in the good stuff, we figured it correct, and it came down to about 310. Good correction. And now it's ready, I think, to go up. And so that's all the way from a cyclical low 143. And it also, as we've said, it reflects uh, profitability in the gold mining business. Bob, I'd like to ask you, what about the 1930s? We know that there was a huge amount of money that went into the Canadian gold mining sector uh, and probably in the U.S. as well. There's, you travel around Nevada, you go into Canada and eastern Canada and so forth. There's all these old mines that got their starts in the 1930s. Yeah. They're now being revived. You know, They were dormant for a number of years, but the gold's yeah. still there, and the capital's starting to flow back in just as it did in the 1930s. But I want to ask you, we had the first leg down in the, of the equity markets in the 19, you know, 1929, 1930. Then we had a bounce back like we're having now in this market, and then we had the next shoe to drop. Were the gold shares hit hard during that uh, second decline in the yeah, market? Yeah, they went up and down with the market then. And But one of the things to note that in 1929, of course, the price of gold was fixed at $20.67 an ounce. Right. So in the boom to 29, the cost of mining up and went up and home stakes earnings went down. Mm-hmm. Then there was no change in the price of gold. It was still $20.67 at at the end of 1932. Mm-hmm. By that time, their earnings were up 130%. The stock was up something like 130% with no change in the price of gold. This was before Roosevelt started fooling around with it. Wow. That was just straight on the real price going up and their costs being in lo- getting back in line with the, the price of bullion. So this is where we emphasize that, hey, if you really want to be an investor concentrate on the real price of gold, but right. if you want to trade gold in dollars or gold against Canadian or gold against Euro or 
gold and yen terms, go ahead and do it. But yeah. if you want to be an investor in the gold business, you've got to know where the, re- where the real price is going. Well, I think that advice has been very wise, Bob. It's helped me a lot, and it's one of the reasons that I've been telling my subscribers to lighten up, take some profits in the golds, and, of course, in the inflation plays now, build cash, and then look to buy the gold shares back next year. What would be your timing in that regard? What do you think, yeah, next, I think next spring or when? If, if, if the market is in an extreme funk by the end of the um, end of this year, which seems probable, uh, we'd start to uh, buy selected uh, exploration stocks, selected small cap, because our general advice is on each each big rally in gold stocks, lighten up in the seniors, mm-hmm. stand aside, and then buy some juniors on on pressure. So the seniors will likely get hit hard because there will be margin calls and so forth? When yeah, there will be no liquidity. And yeah. So, um, and there, I think also the uh, the exploration side will get into a market that whereby a good project will be fundable. There will be money for good stories, and I know of a couple now, mm-hmm. whereby they have got big uh, porphyry-type deposits, mm-hmm. and they are partnered with very big, South American firms that have, you know, billions of dollars in the Treasury. I think you make a good point there, Bob. We've got to come up on our break here, but I just, it seems to me that, you know, we saw it last fall when the illiquidity hit the markets and, the, and you couldn't, these little juniors couldn't raise capital anywhere. So I no. think your, your point is to stay focused on the companies that got the, that have the goods, even if they're not in production. They've got a viable, economically viable gold deposit. Those are the ones you want to stick with? Yeah. Okay. Or, watch and buy them on on weakness. Well, I, I can tell you that uh, I would have so many more questions to ask you here, Bob. I wanted to talk to you about interest rates, long-term rates. What? Just real quickly, what are your views on long-term treasuries? Okay, the uh, break in the market here has given a nice rally to the long bond future. We thought it could rally. Well, it was support at 115. We thought it could rally to about 120. We're almost there now. But for investors, we would stay... Around the three-year maturity, you don't mm-hmm. get much return, but you're not going to get hit by price swings. Mm-hmm. But if you're too short, like you're in three-month treasury bills, they could stay down at, at extremely low levels. Yeah. So the and then we've had a fabulous run in corporate bonds. The junk bond, in its disaster, had traded down to where it was yielding 42 percent in March, and then it's come all the way into 17 percent. The whole of the world is now speculating in corporate bonds on the carry trade because, hey, you can borrow money at next to nothing uh, on the short term and put it out long and make a huge fortune. So we then, uh, last week, we got a sell in the high-grade corporate or the high-yield corporate bonds and the junk. Uh, That MACD sell signal came in. So uh, we would be totally out of any kind of risky bond. Excellent. Well, Bob, I, I wish we had more time. Maybe another time. I hope if you'll if you'll come back and talk with oh, us, we'd love to for have sure. you. Thank you Stay so much for your, for your help and your insights there. We will uh, be back just in a couple of minutes uh, with a wrap-up. I'm going to have Chen Lin with me uh, to talk about our views on the markets at this point in time. We'll be right back. Oh, 
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Barry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times, and I'm here for the wrap-up with Chen Lin, um, one of my two partners, the other being Roger Wiegand, who was on with us the first segment, first segment of this week's show. Um, 
I just want to give you a few of my comments on the markets. We saw some real weakness in the equity markets last Friday, and again this Monday, a very significant 90% down day. Dr. Robert McHugh, uh, who has a proprietary plunge protection index, stated uh, in uh, his missive yesterday, and I quote, he said, downside volume led at 94% with declining issues leading at 89% with downside points at 97%. S&P 500 demand power fell 11 points to 401, while supply pressure rose 15 points to 368, telling us the decline was powerful with deep pockets intervention supporting prices from an all-out collapse. Monday was a 90% panic-selling day, arguing more downside is coming, end of quote. McHugh also said, and I quote, We believe markets are setting themselves up for another series of Hindenburg omens, probably in late summer or early autumn. Getting one would be a strong sell signal and warning that the catastrophic wave C-down was dead ahead, end of quote. Well, I did discuss a little bit about the Hindenburg omens in my newsletter last week. Uh, It has to do with the imbalances of new highs and lows, and this is a a technical uh, uh, tool that Dr. McHugh has used in the past to warn about the uh, cataclysmic decline that we had last fall. Our belief is that we still have possibly some upside potential yet in this equity market. Uh, probably uh, we do, but it's it's dangerous to play the game. And so I think it's wise to continue to take profits from the gold shares and, and other shares. We've had a good year. We were up as much as 50%. We're still up 38 or 39% this year. Enjoy it while it lasts, but don't get too greedy. Start to build cash for the reasons Bob Hoy and I discussed, uh, Roger Wiegand and Chen also is of the like mind. Now, even though we're going into a time when we think the markets are going to be very, very challenging, very difficult, there's always exceptions to the rule. There are always some companies around that uh, are very undervalued and have very little downside risk, and even in the worst of markets can have some very exceptional upside potential. Now, I have Chen Lin with me, and Chen has one such company he wants to tell us about. Chen, could you just uh, tell our listeners uh, what that company is and and a little bit the rationale behind uh, the reason you recommended it today to your subscribers? Yes, hi, Jay. Uh, I recommend North uh, North Star Healthcare uh, to our subscribers. Uh, The the symbol is NHC at Toronto, Nancy Helen Charles at Toronto Stock Exchange. Uh, the reason I like it is um, it just, it, 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 one point it was fifteen dollars stock. Uh, it was paying a dollar uh, twenty cents dividend per year. Okay, right now it, you're looking at ninety cents stock. Uh, the reason why it dropped so much was because they run, run into issue with insurance company. Insurance companies refuse to pay uh, the premium. Uh, then they cannot sustain the dividend. So the dividend was cut, and all the people, including Sprout Asset Management, who were bought it for the dividend, fled the stock. They sold the stock all the way down. Okay, but last uh, quarter was a very interesting quarter, and the conference call, I suggest everyone to go and check it out. There's quite a few new developments coming. Okay, the first development I saw is coming is uh, uh, they, are, they are basically going to arbitration with the ex-CEO, okay? So if, uh, right now they have $0.30 cents cash on the balance sheet. If they win the arbitration, they will have $0.90 cents cash with no debt. Okay. Which is the current price of the stock. Exactly. It's the current, uh, current trading at $0.92. Cents. So that's the first major development. You know, it's, uh, it's no downside. And second was they are going to sign 
Then finally, they're getting very close to sign a deal with the insurance company, which they had a lot of problem with. So once they sign the deal, the company expecting the earning will start flowing in, will have a pretty stable earning uh, power. So you see the two things together that make a, a very a nice turnaround story. Okay, so if in the future they can potentially reinstate the dividend, used to pay a dollar twenty cents. Remember that's before the insurance company issue. Now the, if the issue behind them, even they pay like a quarter of the used to pay. This can be easily a triple, you know, from here easily because you know it, it's only ninety cents right now. It was a fifteen dollar stock, and and also Obama Healthcare plan will help them a lot because they are optional service. They are not a com- and um, you know um, you know required. I mean, so all these uninsured potential can become insured and then go to their healthcare facilities. So I think it's it's uh, it's not market driven. It's really fundamental driven, mm-hmm. and the downside is really limited. All right, Chen, I want to thank you. We're really uh, just about out of time here. Uh, folks, uh, healthcare companies are not usually what you're going to hear from uh, in this show, but Chen Lin really looks for anything, any place to make money uh, where it makes sense, where the fundamentals are good, where the risk is low, where the upside is, is tremendous. That's why he's been able to increase his own portfolio so significantly over the last number of years. Uh, that's just about all the time we have. I would uh, mention that if you'd like to learn more about Chen's work, Roger Wiegand's work, and my work, uh, and if you'd like the special uh, trial subscriptions to all three of our newsletters, you can call my assistant, Claudio Bossi, at 718-457-1426. 718-457-1426. You can also visit webeatthestreet.com, webeatthestreet.com, as well as miningstocks. Um, and next week we're going to have Walter Williams, or John Williams, who is an economist, an independent economist. John is going to tell you why the government statistics are really a bunch of hooey and why you really can't pay too much attention, why in unemployment is much worse than, it, than they say it is, why inflation is much worse than why they say it is. You don't want to miss uh, John Williams next week. Uh, before we close, I want to thank again my sponsors. I want to thank my um, my executive producer, Tacey Trump, Ruben Colombe, the operations manager, and Travis Ortwin, my engineer, for making this show possible from a logistics point of view. And thanks again to each of you for listening. Until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.